The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. One, two, one, two, three, four. Ecclesia, I am so glad you're here with us for our online gathering. I have a very special guest with me today. This is my son, Micah. He is eight months old, and he would like to join us in saying a blessing over our time together this morning. Dear Jesus, I pray for each and every person who is watching this right now. God, I pray that you would fill them with your love, with your peace, and that you would ready them to hear your words today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Was lost, but now. 
Ecclesia, as we continue in worship, please join me in this offertory prayer. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ecclesia, I'm Wayne Brown, campus pastor over at Ecclesia on the West Side, and I just want to say thank you for joining us and being here with us today. Really quick, I want to give you a few things that you just need to be aware of because there's some things coming up, some opportunities for you to connect uh, with others and with God together in community. So first, we know you're here and you're participating online. We want to make sure that you know that we are gathering in person, that we are doing it safely indoors, and that you are welcome to come. We would love it. It's at both of our campuses downtown at 1100 Elder, also over at Ecclesia on the west side, over in Piney Point. Both of them are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We've got room for you. We would love it if you join us. You can register ahead of time, that helps us, uh, but we want you to know that that's not required. If you wake up and you're feeling good and you're ready to come, please come. We would welcome you. We'd love to see you in person. Next, we wanna let you know that there's a group coming up that's starting July 6th through August 31st, and this is gonna be a grief group. It's gonna be led by one of our own, Laurette Presley, who's a licensed professional counselor, and she's going to be pulling people together so that they can process and do the complex work of grief, but do it together in community so that you're not going this alone. Uh, there is a cost associated with this group, but we want you to know that there are some scholarships available. So if cost is prohibitive for you, please let us know so that we can work that out and make this available for you. Uh, this is gonna be an absolute gift. Uh, you can register for that at ecclesiahouston.org events. And we hope uh, that you find some comfort with others in that space. Next, we want to make sure that you know that there are lots of groups who are meeting virtually. They're not meeting in person, but they're still an amazing way to gather and make connections with people. And if you're like me, there have been times where sitting across Zoom actually created a great moment, a great experience for you. And we've got lots of groups that are doing that. Uh, one of those is every Tuesday night, uh, we have a community uh, experience called Be Still that is filled with contemplative and spiritual practices. And you get to practice those. Some of them may be new to you. Some of them may be familiar. You get to do that with others in community. You can register for that again at ecclesiahouston.org events. Another virtual group that we have going on is something that started during pandemic that I absolutely love. It's called Vespers and it's once a month now and it's a chance to share some liturgy, to share some prayers and to sing some songs, maybe take communion together with others in community on Wednesday nights. Uh, the next one is gonna be on June 23rd. So not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. Again, if you've already registered for that, you've got everything you need, but if you're wanting to sign up, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org events. And then also we've got lots of 
other groups that are meeting uh, around hobbies or uh, almost function a little bit more like small groups, we call them community meetups, and you can browse a whole list of those. If you go to ecclesiahouston.org slash virtual groups, you can see those groups that are available and we'd love for you to be able to connect with others in that way. And maybe if you're traveling, that's even a great way to do that this summer uh, where you can uh, connect with others, even if you're not in town. Lastly, Ecclesia, I just wanna say a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of our staff and our overseers for your continued generosity. We get to do so many amazing things, both in the city of Houston and across the globe, and it's because we're able to pool those resources together. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our community here and abroad, that you can participate in that and you can give several different ways. One is you can give by simply a text message. You can text the donation amount to the number 84321. You can also go to our webpage, ecclesiahouston.org slash give. And you can also do that in the Church Center app. But we're so humbled by your continued generosity and we wanna say thank you so much, Ecclesia. And now I wanna invite you to take just a moment to take in a deep breath as we get a chance to hear a message from God's word from our lead pastor, Chris C. And I got to tell you, I got a special treat. I got to listen in on this one before uh, you're hearing it now. And I am absolutely sure this is gonna be a gift for you. And I hope you hear God's voice of forgiveness releasing you from the guilt and shame that you carry over your sins or over shame and things that hurtful things that other people have done for you. May you receive God's forgiveness today as Chris teaches. Ecclesia, we love you. We hope to see you in person soon. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris and summer's here <laughs> and we're in a new world. It really feels like a new world. I'm walking around Trader Joe's and I can see people's faces. How about that? Wow. Um, it's a gift and it's a new season and yet it still hadn't come fast enough for me. Um, and, uh, and there's still things uh, holding us back. And uh, I want all of them to be over with and done. And I've learned uh, that in this season, one of the things I need, and I really need it, and so maybe I'm just preaching to myself this week, I need patience. In, in fact, our church, I'll tell you how much I struggle with, with patience. Uh, our church was given an amazing gift in 2015. Now, 2015 feels like a hundred years ago. Uh, we've been given a lot of gifts, but one was an amazing church building in the Lindale Heights neighborhood. I love this neighborhood. We got a lot of Ecclesians that live in this neighborhood. Some of you moved into the neighborhood because you knew that we were going to have a presence there. And you know what's happened? Permits have taken forever. And we got to make our West Side campus a priority. And that set us back a little bit at Lendale. And the design set us back. And then we were finally in construction. And guess what happened in 2020? The world shut down and our construction shut down. And we were ready to open a new campus focused on loving that neighborhood. And guess what, Ecclesia? It's finally gonna happen. We've been renovating our Lendale Heights campus, given to us for free. And gratefully, God blessed us with the resources to do a massive, beautiful renovation. And you know, we're going to start literally in the coming weeks, we're going to be starting a Head Start program. Some of you probably need to work there and serve the children in that neighborhood. Kids uh, that are at a disadvantage are going to have an opportunity to come and get care so their parents can work. Um, they're going to get educational opportunities. We're going to get them started in literacy and things that really matter. And I love getting to serve Houston, Texas. And it's taken forever. It feels like forever. And yet, we're finally here. The people on our staff could tell you, 
in 2015, I wanted this to open that year, right? And I wanted to open in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 and 2019 and 2020. And now in 2021, it's finally happening. Maybe you're like me and you want things to happen on your time frame. And for me, my time frame is always, guess what? Now. And Houston is back to traffic and I can't get any place now. And nothing seems to happen at that pace. I'm sad to say I'm the same in relationships and uh, I want things to be fixed. I want them better. I want the hope that I have for the future to happen now. This last week I was in a challenging conversation. A beloved friend said this to me, patience is your worst attribute. You're unbelievably impatient. You want everything to happen now. Now that's always a hard thing to hear, but I'll tell you it's really hard to hear when a few days before you decided that you were preaching on patience. Even the thing I was praying about, preparing to study and teach you about, I couldn't do very well. And today, it feels a little bit, and I hope this doesn't feel like this to you, but it's like going to see my nutritionist and you get there early and he's standing out there smoking, right? And you're like, wait, you're the one that keeps telling me like not to put this in my body and to put this in instead. And you're sitting out there smoking and what's going on? Like, you don't really believe the stuff you're telling me. And this is what I got to tell you today. I believe it with all my heart. I struggle to live it. And so that statement prompted me to dig deeper and to think and to pray and to say, God, what's going on with my impatience? Because the truth is often teaching on impatience can be basically this, like, Try harder to be patient. And you know what? It's never worked for me. And I dug deep this week into my own heart, as well as the scriptures, to try to figure out why is it that I struggle to live? This is how I define impatience, right? It's my inability to be present and content in the moment. Whatever it is, I struggle to be content in living in the present moment. Why is that? It felt like a puzzle that I needed to unwrap. And this is what I've come to, and I'm hoping it's really insightful for you today. I, I feel like I get stuck in what I can only describe as a time warp. And this is what happens for me. For me, I've realized the reason 99.9% .9 of the time that I struggle with impatience is because I am often focusing on hard things from the past. And by hard things from the past, what I mean is my failures and the failures of others. The ways that other people have hurt me or the way that I've hurt myself the way that I've messed up, and I hold on to it tightly. You know what I've realized is, I don't think much about my successes from the past or other people's successes from the past. I don't celebrate the good things. I hold on to these hard things. And you know what happens is, the way that I hold on to those, it shapes my present. I'm not actually able to be in the moment present because I'm focused on the hard things from the past and those hard things from the past are robbing me of my joy in the moment and they're warping my view of the future. Now, part of what I realized is that the scripture actually has a lot to teach us about that. And it's not that we shouldn't see our failures and mistakes, right? The scriptures are filled with instances where we have to see that. And yet, there's more to it than that, right? The psalmist in Psalm 51 says clearly, like, for I'm fully aware of all I've done wrong and my guilt is there staring me in the face, right? I fail, you fail. And we do have to face it. We face it, we bring it to God. And Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet says it so beautifully. He says, I'm in so much trouble. 
I'm ruined. Anybody been at a place you felt like that? He says, I'm just a human being. I'm fallible and I'm stammering. And my lips are encrusted with filth. He says, the things that come out of my mouth actually disgust me. And I live among people just like me. But here I am. And I've seen with my very own eyes, none other than the king, the eternal, the commander of the heavenly armies. In John 8, we get this story where uh, Jesus points to the sin of others, right? They're trying to focus on one woman's sin, and he reminds them, right? You've said, and, and literally people stand up and walk away, right? They see it. Or maybe uh, you can relate to uh, this scene in Pretty Woman. I'm showing my age, right? In the 1980s, right? And uh, Vivian, Julia Roberts' character, right? Says this, she says, people put you down enough that you start to believe it. And then Edward Lewis in the story says, he says, I think you're a very bright person. You're a very special woman. And, and she simply replies, like the bad stuff is easier to believe. You ever notice that? And I think we're a lot like Vivian, Ecclesia. I think we hold on to the bad things and we forget the good things. And you know why that's so troubling? Is because the scriptures tell us that God is the opposite. I realized this week, that I think maybe the most um, ignored doctrine in the scripture, the most underrated doctrine in all of the scripture is the forgetfulness of God. Ecclesia, did you realize that the scriptures tell us over and over and over again that the God who made everything in the universe, who knows everything, chooses to forget our failures, right? The psalmist tells us this way in Psalm 103, 12. He says, you see, God takes all of our crimes, our seemingly inexhaustible sins, and he removes them. As far as the east is from the west, he removes them from us. And Jeremiah, the prophet, says it this way. He's predicting a day that the Messiah, that Jesus would come. And when Jesus would come, all sins would be forgiven in a way that was so radical. He describes it this way. He says, no longer will people have to teach each other to encourage their family members and say, you must know the eternal. For all of them will know me intimately themselves from the least to the greatest of society. I will be merciful when they fail and forgive their wrongs. I will never call to mind or mention their sins again. Isn't that beautiful? To think that the God who knows us and loves us says, I'll never bring that back up again. Once you're forgiven, you're forgiven. And Micah the prophet says it this way. He will take pity on us again and will tread our wrongdoing underfoot. He will cast all our sins to the bottom of the sea. In Romans 4, Paul says it this way. Blessed are those whose wrongs have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Ecclesia, can you imagine What does it look like to be a people that actually live in the way that God lives? Instead of getting caught in this time warp where we focus on the negatives from the past in a way that leads us to live in a way that's not present with joy in the moment and warps our view of the future. What if we were to live the way God lives? What if both for you and for others, you actually forgot your failures, you forgot others' failures, you literally forget them. You let them go. And then you're actually able to live in the present and enjoy the present. And you know what? If you forget all of your failures and all you remember are your successes, right? You're, you're like me. You've got some successes. Like you've had some good moments. If you focused on those and remembered those, not your failures, 
in the present, you'd be filled with joy and you'd actually believe that God's gonna do something amazing in the future. It would reshape the way that you live. And you know what, for me, it would do away with all of my impatience. So what do we do? I've got just a few things I wanna invite you to. And here's the first. Ecclesia, God's forgiven you. Who are you to not forgive yourself? Who are you not to forgive others? I want to live in a radical kind of forgiveness. In a way that says, I'm going to forgive myself when I fail. Not a perfect dad, not a perfect man, not a perfect pastor. But if I focus on those negatives, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to repeat the same negatives over and over and over again. If God chooses not to beat me up over my sin and God chooses to forget it, I need to do the same and you need to do the same. Now, let me tell you, that does take some work. It calls us to confession. It means we go to God. We go to those that we failed. We acknowledge to ourselves, like, I've failed. God, will you forgive me? Friend, will you forgive me? And to ourselves, we make a choice to forgive ourselves and then we let it go. We let it go and it's gone. As the Bible says, it's as far as the east is from the west. It's cast to the bottom of the sea, never to be brought up again. Like That's a good way to live. Ecclesia, if we'll forgive ourselves, we'll forgive others. I think we're gonna be able to live in the moment not impatient, but truly patient, waiting for what God has next because we trust and believe it's a beautiful thing. And secondly, we've got to be a people that choose to forgive others. Anger and grudges literally destroy us. Now, all of us have been sinned against. That's the challenge. We live in a broken world where you've been sinned against and I've been sinned against. There are people that have hurt us in a way that's hard to let go of. And I wanna just invite you into a really simple exercise. And you may have a bunch of these to do. I've got a few and I started doing them this week and it's one of the reasons I feel some freedom to talk to you about it. Where there are people that have sinned against you, will you do this? Will you just sit down and write them a letter? Write them a letter and tell them how you've been hurt and where you're at. Now, this is the thing, don't send the letter. Don't email it no matter how bad you want to, don't do it. Write it out, get it out of your system, vocalize it, that hurt and that hurt. And I, I regret that that happened to me and I, why did you do that? And let the emotion go. And then you can do, you can burn it, you can delete it, whatever you wanna do, be done with it. So then I'd like you to take time and write a second letter to the same person. Write a letter and thank them. Thank them for the good things. Anything you can think of that's positive, write it down. Say it, express it. You may not want to send this letter either, but express it. And then this is what I want you to do. Don't throw that one away. Hold on to it. Remember it. Remember the good things. Now, some of you, you may want to write this same letter to yourself. A letter to yourself about the ways that you're frustrated that you failed yourself. Go for it. Then burn it. Then write a letter to yourself about the things you love about yourself, the things that you've done well. Hold on to it. Read it again and again and again. Focus on the positives from the past, not the negatives. You'll live different in the present, and it will reshape your view of the future. Thirdly, this is what I want to invite you to do. You have things that are holding you back from the past that you're not actually aware of in your mind. It's trauma. 
I, I had an experience five years ago. Uh, I, I was moving my daughter into the dorm. It, it was a great day. My daughter was getting moved into the school that I went to at Baylor. I loved it. I had great mentors there. Uh, we had about six adults in her room all trying to hang stuff up. It was too many adults, too many people. I, I, I took a little walk for a little while. Uh, they didn't need my decorating skills. They needed my muscle to move things in. That's all they wanted me for. So I took a walk. And it was a great walk. I was remembering all kinds of great things. And I got to one place on the Baylor campus and I could not figure it out. I stood in that particular spot of the campus and I had no idea why, but I felt like Muhammad Ali just punched me in the gut. I couldn't figure it out. Like, why am I so physically sad just from walking in this spot? It was by an upperclassman dorm. And then I remembered that 25 years before, when I was serving as a pastor for a church I started in Waco, that I got a phone call. I got a phone call from a parent saying, my daughter's in your church. I need your help. Right. And what had happened is this family was traveling. They were in Europe. And um, uh, this wonderful young lady, her little brother was uh, in a soccer tournament in Europe. He was an elite soccer player at a young age, teenage boy. And in the middle of the night, he had a tendency to sleepwalk. And they were in a strange hotel. And the hotel uh, actually had doors that um, were windows. You could actually walk out of them. And he walked out of an upper story uh, door in this hotel uh, to his death in, in the middle of the night. And she had called me and said, will you please go tell my daughter and I need you to get her on a plane uh, to come back to Kansas. And uh, we're going back and we're going to have his funeral. I literally, Ecclesia, I didn't consciously remember that story. My body remembered it. And maybe you've read... Uh, the book, The Body Keeps the Score. This is what you ought to know. You've got past trauma too. Because I'm a pastor and because I'm a human and I'm dealing with people, like I've got a score of trauma to deal with. And gratefully, I, I took some time after that to really focus on those things and deal with them. I, you've got some hard places in your story. I want to invite you to consider therapy. I get to do this thing called EMDR. It's really helpful for me. I, I want to invite you to some healing journeys as it relates to trauma because this is what's happening. Your trauma is holding you back and you're living in the past and it's keeping you from being patient and present in the moment. And it's shaping your view of the future in some really harsh and negative ways. I wanna invite you to deal with your trauma. And then lastly, would you just do this? Will you join me in facing forward whatever you've been through in the past? This one I wanna tell you is your pastor and your friend. Your future is bright. God has an amazing plan for you. He's got an amazing plan for me. And whatever has happened, no matter how difficult it is, what we know, right? Jeremiah 29, 11 says it clearly. It's been the favorite verse for a lot of people, right? And he says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for peace and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And in Jeremiah, he says, never forget that. I want you to hold on not to the negative things from the past, that shape your view of the future in a negative way. I want you to hold on to the good things. And as you live in the present, I want you to believe what the scriptures tell us, that God has a plan for you that's a plan for peace and shalom and beauty and hope. Now, I don't know about you, but if I work on those things, I'm hopeful that I actually might be a patient person, that a dear friend might say to me one day, one of my favorite attributes about you is your patience. Now, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm hoping it will. And I'm hoping it will for you. Because that kind of impatience that says, like, I can't handle this moment. 
I can't actually live in the moment because it's too hard. Um, it, it's not the way God designed us to live. Ecclesia, will you give me a moment to pray for you and with you? Lord God, I thank you that patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit that actually comes from you, from being connected to you. And because we're connected to you and you're the vine and we're the branches and we're connected to the one who made all things, we actually can live the way that our God lives. And our God, gratefully, is a forgetful God when it comes to our mistakes, our sins, and our failures. Lord, would you teach us to be more like you, to forget the places that we failed, to remember the places we've succeeded, and to live in a way in the present that says we trust you for our future. God, I thank you that your love for us through Christ is a forgiving love, it's a restoring love. And we pray that today in our jobs and with our kids and with our family and in Houston traffic and in all those things, that you would give us a divine patience an ability, even when we're not enjoying the traffic, that we choose to enjoy the moments alone. Even when we're in a hurry to get somewhere, that we'd realize that we have a purpose and a plan, even in the things that slow us down, even in the things that tend to distract or annoy us, that we'd see your activity in them. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the scriptures, for these reminders of your love and grace and truth. And we pray all of this together, and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Ecclesia, I trust that that word you just heard from Pastor Chris was an absolute gift for you. Uh, I know it was for me. And I, it's my honor to get to guide you to a place where we get to practice and live out some of what he just called us into in confession and learning to forgive ourselves and forgive others. And before we go into that confession, I want to share a blessing with you from the scriptures in John chapter 20 where Jesus shows up and he offers a blessing to his disciples. This is after he's been crucified, after he's been resurrected, and he just appears in the middle of a room where they're meeting together. And he says to them, I give you the gift of peace. In the same way the Father sent me, I am now sending you. And now he drew close enough to each of them that they could feel his breath and he breathed on them and he said, welcome the Holy Spirit or the holy breath of the living God. You now have the mantle of God's forgiveness. As you go, you are able to share the life-giving power to forgive sins or to withhold forgiveness. Ecclesia, I want you to know that Jesus has already offered you the power and the ability to forgive yourself, to receive God's forgiveness, and also to forgive others. And we have the ability to share that. So no matter how hopeless you may feel over the ways that people have wronged you or the shame or the guilt that you may carry, God has given you the power to let it go. And so here's a chance for us to practice this together. Will you pray this prayer of confession? Will you look inside? and just even maybe do it today with open hands so that you can practice in your body that letting go. I'll read as the celebrant and you can respond as the people. But God, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. 
You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. And altogether, you are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. Ecclesia, will you receive God's forgiveness? And so it's today that I invite you to taste and see that forgiveness. And we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he gathered with his followers and he took a loaf of bread as they shared a meal. And at one point in the meal, he got up, he gave thanks and he broke the bread. And then he gave it to his followers and he said, take this and eat, it's my body broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took a cup of wine and he held it up and again, he thanked God and he blessed God. And then he gave it to them and said, take it and drink. It is my blood poured out for you. And this establishes a new covenant in my blood. It established that receiving of the forgiveness of sins. So Ecclesia today, may you taste and see and smell and receive God's forgiveness. May you let go of your guilt and shame. May you let go of the sins of others. Ecclesia, we love you. This is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.
Now comes the time in our service where we get to say a blessing over the children who are in our lives. So if you have children with you, feel free to bring them close. You can lay your hands on them. And if you don't have them with you, feel free to recall them in your mind or think of any special children in your lives. Micah, may God bless you this week with his love in your heart, with peace and with wisdom. And may God let you know just how much he loves you. We love you so much, Ecclesia. <laughs> so Ecclesia, allow me to send you off with a benediction that's drawn from 2 Thessalonians 2. Sisters and brothers, now the exciting part. From the familiar embrace of home into the unknown wilds, invited to take part in the glory of our Lord Jesus, the anointed, our liberating King, requiring only that you stand firm in the call to share the grace which has been extended to you. May our Lord Jesus, the anointed one himself, and God our Father, who has loved us, comforted us eternally, given us a good hope by his grace, and the animating guidance and companionship of the Holy Spirit bring comfort to your hearts and strengthen your wills to accomplish every good 
work, and word. Amen. Ecclesia, go in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.